the beginning of the good news, or gospel, as it's as if caught in amber in Middle English in our language. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, Mark proclaims that good news. In his gospel, and John, John proclaims Christ's coming. His followers were, the baptizer's followers were, it's assumed, around in Christ's time still. But John points out he, John, is not, himself is not the Messiah, but he points him out, he points to Christ. When you heard John's phrase, prepare the way of the Lord, I wonder if in your ears, you didn't, in your mind's ear, you didn't uh, hear in the background God's spell. I won't bore you by something to sing it, prepare you the way of the Lord of the variants. But you know, it's not a bad aspiration. St. Francis of Sales says, all would to pray all day long. And a great way to do that is have aspirations you say as you go along, and that would not be a bad one for any of us, don't you think? Because Advent is preparation. And John's calling us sinners forth to repentance out of our ruts to which we become so accustomed, our world as well, because we are in ruts and we need to hear John the Baptist's call. But here's the thing, John the baptizer said, there's more to come, not just that. I have baptized you in water, he says. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It's a crucial distinction which is enlarged by good St. Thomas Aquinas. Do you know what Thomas said? The law of the Old Testament is the Ten Commandments. The law of the New Testament is the Holy Spirit. Talk about a great leap forward. The law of the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, there are people who want to throw them overboard, which is ridiculous because the whole heart of measuring up or being someone is keeping oneself honest, which is done only with difficulty. And the Ten Commandments is our exam, and it's your, our tour de raison before you go into confession to help us do that. But then beyond the matter of merely avoiding harm or hurt to others, forgetting God on the Sabbath or lying or cheating and all the rest, beyond that there's more. And that's the law of the New Testament, the Holy Spirit, who empowers us to achieve what Christ says, teaches us in his public life, the love of God and the love of neighbor in ways and approaches greater than any set or list of rules could give. The law of the New Testament is the Holy Spirit. When it came to our first reading, I imagine there's some of you here that think that it was written by Georg Friedrich Handel, our first reading. Now, as a matter of fact, before he gets angry at me, it was written by the gentleman standing to my immediate left, your right, which is Isaiah the prophet. The three Isaiahs, the prophets, first Isaiah, second, and third, over three different centuries, so we assume there are three different people in that same prophetic tradition of Isaiah. But our reading today is from second Isaiah, which is chapters 40 to 55 in that book. And it's the first chapter, and speaking of music and our, our choir, scripture scholars call it his overture. They actually call it Isaiah's overture, the reading we heard today. Because it's a great clarion call to what's about to happen. To what's about to happen. 
The exiles will be brought home. Those who lost their homeland, their city destroyed, taken into captivity for so many decades. But now God will help them be set free, a highway built as it were, and they will be brought home from Babylon by God's action in history. Echoed then again in just what John the Baptist said, we have to do to God. As God created a highway to bring them home from captivity, John reminds us we need to build a highway in our desert to get rid of our nonsense and make room for the good God. The very heart of what Advent is all around about. Building a highway for God in our own lives, building a highway for God to enter us and enter our own world. And then there are always, of course, people who call things into question or skeptical. We all deal with that. And that last matter is what our second reading from Second Peter deals with, don't you think? It's scoffers who debate the second coming. They think it's implausible, and therefore it can't be forgetting that it's not done by us. It's done by God. They think that what they don't know isn't knowledge, like many, some people we know. They think, therefore, things have to stay as they are because that's all they know. They doubt God's action in history. The writer is encouraging not only to them, to us as well, saying, well, you know, if there is a delay in the second coming, think of it as God's forbearance. Think of it as God's indulgence. Remember, I used to have a Saturday morning class over in biological chemistry at the medical school in the course of the PhD. And the fellow who gave it was one of these fellows who should have won a Nobel Prize, did work of that caliber. He was a very nice fellow, but came across as grim. And he would pick a particularly difficult question and ask a different one every Saturday morning. And everybody there helped, <laughs> hope what? They hoped they would get his question next week because they didn't feel prepared for that particular question now. And so in a way, the delay of the coming is also a matter of morality. It's not only eschatology, it's delayed. It's a matter we have a chance and a second chance. The exam won't be this week, it'll be next. We have a chance being called to order to reorder our lives for the good. To reorder our lives for the good. Which is the very focus of Advent. Get ready for the final. Tomorrow's the feast of good St. Ambrose of Milan there in the second window. Tomorrow is his feast. Why don't we, uh, why don't I be quiet and we let him sum it all up? One of my favorite lines from one of the fathers of the church. Christ's coming at Christmas is in vain unless he comes to us and lives in us. That is to say, not an abstraction, not a theory, not words, not simply something to say or write down, but a reality involving our own conversion and the world's. Christ's coming at Christmas is in vain unless he comes to us and lives in us. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Today's episode is part of our 2020 Advent and Christmas offerings. Please consider supporting us by visiting stpaulparish.org. That's stpaulparish.org. 
God bless and see you next time.